Hello and welcome to day 11 of the Tokyo's 2020 podcast and of course the secondary event, day 11 of the Tokyo 20 Olympics. Uh, it was a bit of a quieter day on the medal front. We sort of broke our, our gold medal streak, but um, something's probably very typical for Australians, a nation which despises Mondays, that the, our quietest day so far came on a Monday. Uh, tonight, as always, joined by my esteemed co-host, Tommy Guns. How was your Monday? Uh, not too bad now. I made all the better that I had a bit of Olympics to watch. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And uh, Mr. Katie Lambecki, what was, what was the second Olympic Monday like for you in the Sydney's leafy eastern suburbs? Mate, it was a cracking day. Um, got through plenty of Olympics and then I uh, had my Manly Seagulls on tonight and they got a good win over the Cronulla Sharks. So it's been a, all in all a pretty good Monday considering. Absolutely, mate. Sounds good. All right, gentlemen. Well, the action from the pool has obviously come and gone and with it, most of Australia's gold medal chances. Uh, and now most of the action is coming from the Olympic Stadium, where the Europeans have actually been dominating the men's action so far. Um, so in terms of the track and field, let's, we're going to start with our opening question there tonight. In your opinion, what is the worst athletics event on the Olympic program? And I will throw to you first, Oliver. I've gone with one that, um, for, for a number of reasons, well, I think this is the worst. Number one, we've never had an Australian, as far as I know, that's been any good at it. And number two, it just it's just plain dumb, and that's the triple jump, the old hop, skip, and jump. It just looks stupid um, and doesn't really uh, scream the Olympics ethos in my of faster, higher, stronger. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the triple jump. Yeah, Tommy? fair enough. Um, I've gone with the... Uh the 3000 meter steeplechase. Now I just don't really understand how it became a sport. I think it's sort of halfway between obviously the hurdles and let's say the 5,000 meters. Um, I've, I've got a lot of questions surrounding it. I mean, namely, how do you become a steeplechaser as opposed to just a distance runner? Um, and like, honestly, if you're going to put in like obstacles, I imagine this is kind of, you know, to, to mimic some kind of, ancient run that people went on like why not put in proper walls or you know big pits to j- with snakes and bears in it to go through i just don't see like the fucking hurdle they have to go over isn't particularly hard to get up get up on top of so yeah three thousand meter steeple chase i wouldn't lose any sleep if, if it uh was off the program maybe add in a bit of quicksand or some molten lava something like that well it would certainly make it a little bit more interesting so maybe throwing a few snakes in there might give uh, Australian competitors a bit of an advantage as well. So it could be one for the, for the Brisbane Games. Um, I've gone something a bit similar. I've gone with the 20-kilometre race walk. Now, I actually don't mind the race walking, but I, I much prefer the 50-kilometre. Obviously, it's a bit tougher to watch the whole thing. But if, it's, if you're going to be including a race walk, I feel like the 20 kilometres isn't as grueling as it needs to be. Uh, whereas the 50Ks, you know, it's a, it's a much more substantial distance. I think a bit more grueling and... Uh, you can hardly call it a sprint, can you, the old 20Ks? I mean, it is the shortened version of it, but, I mean, I don't, I can't imagine they're moving at a gr- much greater pace than the 50K uh, race walkers. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you look at some of those 50K race walkers, a 20K race walk would seem like a, just a Sunday stroll in the park. All right. That's enough of the semantics anyway. I think it's time to get into our Monday review. So kicking off this morning at 10.30, um, it was nice to have a bit of a sleep in this morning there. 
Uh, we had the women's 1,500-meter heats. We had three girls in action there. So we had Georgia Griffith, who finished 14th in her heat, and then Jessica Hull, second in hers, and Lyndon Hall, in third in hers. That means the Hull and Hall duo um, will be going through to the semifinals, which is excellent to see. Then at 11.30, staying on the track, we had Riley Day in the women's 200 metres. Um, she ran a good heat, running third in a pretty quick 22.94. So that saw her into the semis, which we'll get to a little bit later. Um, moving over to the table tennis, we had the men's team quarterfinal up against the hosts. Um, as you'd probably expect, we lost that in straight sets. So that actually spells the end of the campaign for all of Australia's um, tennis, table tennis teams. So that's always a sad one to see. Um, then we move back to the shipping lane. Once again, we'll go through that in tomorrow's preview because today's canoeists were, uh, will be back in action tomorrow. Um, then we were over to the shooting range, the men's 50-meter rifle, three positions. Um, so we had Dane Sampson and Jack Rossiter there. They finished in 27th and 29th, respectively. So that'll be at the end of their campaigns. Hopefully the boys are picking up the guns again in three years' time at Paris. Um, and then one o'clock, one I was really looking forward to and one which ended in a bit of disappointment. We had the hockey ruse up against the Indians. So, Tommy, did you get a chance to watch that one? I did, yeah. I caught the second half. Um, and as you said, I, I was a little bit all quite disappointed. Um, you know, I think the girls were heavily favoured to win the event. I heard during the game that some kind of stat and something like 40, over 40 matches against each other the Indians had only won a, you know, a very small fraction of those. So we were definitely the heavy favourites. But I just don't know. We never really looked threatening throughout. Uh, that's kind of the general gist I got. What about you, Ollie? Yeah, I was, hats off to the Indians, to be fair. I thought they defended really well. Like, I think the hockey ruse at the end of the day had nine penalty corners. You'd normally expect three or four of them to be, result in goals. And um, the Indians were managed, managed to keep a clean sheet. So... I mean, it was a pretty shocking performance, but um, from the hockey ruse, everyone sort of thought that'd be one they'd get through and, and we'd have a bit more of a chance, a bit more of a game on our hands in the semi-final. But the Indians really came to play, so and I mean, it's good to see India do well. They're, they're a massive country and they don't particularly seem to medal very often. So um, good luck to them. Yeah, unfortunately, they've got a big population, but about eight hundred million of them play cricket, so it makes it tough competing in the Olympics. Um, but yeah, as you said, they sort of snuck that penalty corner goal in early in the game and then parked the tuk-tuk in front of their goal and were able to keep us out for the remainder of the game. Um, then moving back to the diving, we had the men's three-metre springboard. I know Tommy was watching this um, pretty keenly today. We had Lee Ji Shin, who finished 27th in the preliminary round. So that'll be the end of his campaign as well. Um, and then I know this is one that some of our listeners have been particularly excited for is heading to the velodrome, the track cycling. Um, I think Athens, we won four gold medals in the cycling with a few of them coming in the, at the in the velodrome. So this is one that's um, pretty close to our hearts as Australian Olympic nerds. Um, so today we had the women's and men's team pursuit. The women were off first. They qualified seventh. So that means that they go into the, the lower um, position race-offs. And then the men's team was quite eventful as well. So they actually struck trouble. Uh, with Alex Porter's handlebars falling off, sending him crashing to the ground. Um, quite a scary crash going at pretty quick speed there. Um, and he was very lucky to escape with a couple of minor grazes. Lucky he didn't take a fair bit of skin off his nose and chin. Um, lucky enough, the boys were able to restart and uh, they were a bit behind their time. They were sort of doing 
in their first run. So they actually finished in fifth, which means they're out of the medal race, I believe. So that's a disappointing start in the velodrome. And hopefully uh, we can improve on our fortunes in there as we progress through the week. And then six o'clock tonight, we had the finals of the individual and team equestrian eventing. Uh, our team of Andrew Hoy, Kevin McNabb and Sugar Shane Rose finished the team eventing with silver, giving the great Andrew Hoy his fifth Olympic medal and his first one in 21 years since Sydney. So surely some sort of record there, the biggest time between Olympic medal glory. He then followed up on that uh, in the final round of the individual eventing by actually climbing into the bronze medal position. And uh, the great man Hoy commented after the, after the, after the event, sorry, uh, that he was keen to push through to Brisbane in 2032, where he will be the ripe old age of 73. So that'll be one to look out for. Um, and then we're back to the Olympic Stadium tonight. We had some more semis and uh, qualification in the athletics. And Tommy, you're, I believe you're still keeping an eye on that one. Is that right? I am, yeah. So we had uh, Riley Day up first in the 200 semis. As Al said, she um, had a great heat. And she actually ran a very good PB in the semis to run fourth, um, which wasn't enough to get her into the final, but a great effort nonetheless. Um, I heard her interviewed afterwards and you could tell, you know, she was absolutely elated to run such quick time. You know, she's only young, so she's got a very, um, you know, very good um, future in front of her. Uh, Then we had the women's pole vault. So we had Liz Parnov and Nina Kennedy competing there. So that was actually suspended. If anyone managed to catch any of the athletics tonight, they would have noticed there was a fair bit of rain. So that was suspended due to rain. I think Liz Parnov, I'm not sure if she managed to clear um, the the qualification height. And I think Nina's still, uh, she's got maybe a couple of jumps left on the height she's at at the moment. So, um yeah, so yeah, we'll have to get back to you tomorrow on the outcome of that. I'd say that'll be rescheduled sometime tomorrow. Then we also had the men's 400 semis with Steve Solomon running a 45-15, which means, unfortunately, while he ran a great race, he will not be competing in the final. Um, then we had the water polo uh, with Australia versus Kazakhstan. What did you think of that all? Yeah, mate, I was actually just going to... Um duck back to the athletics quickly it seems like the uh, i think like four days into the um the meet there and it looks like the aussies are really competing hard on the track i think it's the best of start i've seen from an australian team when we had we've had riley day liz clay and ron browning all miss out just on qualifying for the finals which is pretty good effort and sprint events too and sprint again steve solomon another one who almost missed out um and then we've got obviously bowl tomorrow night in the um, eight hundred, I believe. So it's all, it's it's good omens for the Aussies at the moment. I think that's Plus, um, Stewie McSwine coming up in the uh, in. He's got a couple of middle distance events, and he's in red hot form. So he'll he should be pushing for a final as well. Yeah, I think a final is the bare minimum for um, Stewie's expectations. Yeah. I think he's um, qualified in three events and only chose to run the fifteen hundred. So quite ominous for his competitors there you'd have to suspect i think he's run the fourth quickest time this year um so that's a great sign as well in the 1500 or like the old mile which is an event that the australians have typically been pretty good at over the years um and then we're back to the the water polo pool we up against the the kazakhs and their famous man keeney uh the sharks were able to score a comprehensive 15-7 win and what was their last match for the games and for those following on at home that's actually the um fourth leg of the multi that I've hit in the last four days. So I've actually been successful in all four. 
pity my other colleagues. Can't tip to, tip to save themselves. All right, Ollie. We, we've already won one multi. I think that's more than our listeners expected us to win <laughs> during the whole game. So that's a good thing to get through there. And then uh, later on tonight, we had the women's weightlifting at 850. That's the 87 plus kilo division. We had Charisma Amoe Tarant finish this one in sixth place. Um, Lee Wen Wen, um, absolutely massive effort tonight. She took out the event uh, with an Olympic record. And then the controversial Kiwi lifter Hubbard failed to finish after missing all three of her snatch attempts. Um, then at 9 o'clock tonight, another tough one. We had the Matildas up against the Swedes in the semi-final. Um, yeah, it was a tough pill to swallow for the Matildas. They actually had a um, goal controversially disallowed in the first half. Um, and then they conceded a sloppy goal to the Swedes in the opening minutes of the second to go down 1-0 in the end. Uh, it was still a massive uh, performance getting this far. And of course, we've got the bronze medal game later on in the week against the Yanks uh, who actually failed to put one in our net in the group stage, and they're coming off another disappointing loss against the Canadians tonight. Um, and then lastly, we had the women's basketball uh, tipping off at 10 o'clock tonight. Um, the, the Opals up against the Puerto Ricans. So the girls actually had to win by at least 25 points to qualify to, uh, into the knockout stage after a poor first couple of matches, and then adding an, ex- an extra layer of interest to it for us. They had to win by 37.5 for our multi. Um the girls started slowly, but actually came through in the second half to secure a 27-point victory against the, the mighty Puerto Ricans, so that guarantees their place in the quarterfinals. Uh, the official draw is yet to be confirmed. I think we'll have something around that for you tomorrow, uh, but a quarterfinal against the Yanks looks like it's on the cards after we've qualified in seventh, and they went through in second place, so... Couple of interesting results uh, from the team events late tonight. Um, so, and that'll do us for Monday's summary. And then we've also had the women's K2 500 meter sprint. So that's a little crew of two over the 500 meter distance. Uh, both crews there, Bridge and Jones and Roberts, as well as Bull and Wood, are through to the semis, which are on just after the the previous race we spoke about at 11:23. Um, back to the Olympic Stadium, another Aussie in the track and field final, which is great to see. Uh, we've got Brooke Stratton. She actually snuck in the uh, qualifying 12th with a jump of 6 meters 60 so she'll need a big improvement if she's to uh, be any chance of landing a spot on the podium. And then 105 tomorrow, everyone's been looking forward to this. As we had a rest day today due to inclement weather. So, Ollie, I believe we're back at the Regatta Centre. Yeah, that's right, Al. So the women's 470, the men's 470, and both the women's and men's 49er were both post were all postponed today due to weather, as you mentioned. So um, tomorrow we've got um, Nia Gerwood and Monique DeVries. They've got race nine and ten in the women's 470. They sit 16th currently. Um, Will Ryan and Maddie Belcher, who we've mentioned, they're 19 points clear of second place Spain in the men's 470. They will now potentially look to lock up gold tomorrow before the medal race on Wednesday. So just like we saw with Maddie Wern, they could potentially have secured the gold before they even start racing the medal race. Uh, the 49er, unfortunately, the Phillips brothers ha- haven't qualified in the men um, as only the top 10 progressed to the medal race. Likewise for J- Jamay, Ryan and Tess Lloyd, who finished 14th. Um, but the, the ones to keep an eye on tomorrow would be the mixed NACRA. They've got their medal race, Lisa Darman and Jason Waterhouse. They sit fourth overall, just, I think they're three points back from the third place. So they're well and truly in with a chance of getting a medal. 
Um, and then the men's Finn race um, featuring Jake Lilly. Um, he's sitting in seventh, so he's an outside chance at a medal as well. Um, and then we're back watching some weightlifting. Yeah, we've got the big boys up there, the men's 109 plus uh, kilogram stage. So we've got the big bopper, Matthew Leidemont, in action there. And then another new addition to the games, which um, we've spoken at length about in terms of how enjoyable that's been, seeing a few changes to the schedule and seeing a few more modern sports come in. So tomorrow night, we've actually got the sports climbing. So we've got Tom O'Halloran in that, and he's a former Australian Ninja Warrior superstar. So for some of our reality TV fan listeners, he, he might be a familiar face for you there. Um, so that's actually broken up into three sections of qualifying. So you've got the speed climbing at six, the bouldering at seven, and the lead climbing at, at 10 past 10. So that'll um, be well worth a watch, that one. It looks, um, looks very exciting. Absolutely. I think I'll probably be watching the boomers tomorrow night, but um, I might sneak in a little bit to see how uh, big Tommy O goes. Um, and then back to the, the square circle, we've got the boxing quarterfinal. This one's been hotly anticipated after a couple of postponements of earlier fights. So we've got our favourite Adelaide's Harry Garside in the lightweight against Safulin of Kazakhstan. Um, typically quite strong boxers, the Kazakhs, uh, as are all former Soviet states. So might be a tough one for Harry there. But I've, heard, I've seen him interviewed and um, he said that anything short of the gold medal um, he'd be very disappointed with. So fingers crossed he can progress through there as well. Um, back to the gymnastics tomorrow night. We've actually got um, the man with the least gymnastics name of all time in the gymnastics final there. So we've got um, Tyson Bull. Um, sounds more like a heavyweight boxer than a gymnast, but I mean, light <laughs> on his feet. So he's, he could probably do both. Uh, maybe not heavyweight, but um, so he's actually qualified for the final in seventh place in the qualifying, which is a very tight affair. I think third to seventh, uh, third to eighth even were just um, a handful of decimal points apart in qualifying. And he's actually the first Australian male into an individual apparatus event final um, since the 2012 games in London. So a massive achievement already for Tyson. And with such a uh, close affair in the qualifying, anything's possible there. And then back to the hockey stadium at eight o'clock tomorrow night, we've got the Cookers up against the Germans um, in what is the semi-final. So obviously the Cookers were very lucky to progress through the, the quarters in a really tight game against the Dutch. And um, they're now our last medal hope in the, um, in the hockey, obviously after the girls went out today. So definitely looking forward to that one there. Um, have you boys got anything to add about that? No, it'll be a tough one, obviously, but um, we have to remember the Kookaburras are, the number one ranked uh, team going into this event. So they need to be taking that confidence with them and put the Germans to the sword. Eight o'clock kickoff tomorrow night. There's no excuses to not be watching that one. It's, it's a good game to watch hockey. So it'll be an absolute cracker. Let's fingers crossed the VAR doesn't have too much of a say in it. Yeah. And fingers crossed as well that we can um, score off a penalty corner. It's sort of we've been struggling to score from them and, it seems it's like the only way we're getting scored against. So hopefully uh, our luck turns there and we can head through to the gold medal match um, in what is going to be prime time viewing for our, our listeners on the East Coast. Um, and then Tommy, our, you're now our, our, our main athletics man. So we've got the Athos again tomorrow night at, from 10 past eight. What's coming up there? Yeah, that's right. Well, we've got um, Nick Huff in the 100 meter, 110 meter hurdles. So that's the, the first round. Um, He's obviously, he's been a pretty dominant force in the, in the hurdles, domestic hurdles scene for a good period of time now. I remember watching him 
back when he was at school uh, and he used to dominate back then and he's continued through that form and I'd say this must be at least his second Olympics anyway so let's hope Nick can uh, maybe channel some of his inner Liz clay and move through to the semis Uh, then we have the men's pole vault final with Curtis Marshall he's qualified fifth in that Um, and you know if you're keeping uh, a close eye on the Athos earlier in the or over the weekend, you would have seen that uh, there was a couple of couple of emissions. The uh, the top ranked Americans actually been had to pull out because of COVID. So um, I think there's a Swede who's a very short favourite to win that. So let's hope Curt- Curtis can maybe sneak into medal contention. Little known fact about um, Curtis Marshall: his parents were big. Um you know, hip-hop fans and rap fans in the early 2000s. So he's actually named after 50 Cent and Eminem. <laughs> they changed, legally changed his last name, did they? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one there that his uh, parents clearly aren't the biggest Marshall Mathers fans. As um, They changed his surname to Marshall with a C. So, um, <laughs> Don't probably- blame me, mate. <laughs> probably, probably true hip hop fans if their um, spellings anything to go by there. Well, it was on his Wikipedia, so it must be true. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the final event featuring Aussies tomorrow night uh, at the Olympic Stadium with the five thousand meters. The first round of that, we've got Morgan McDonald, David McNeil, and Patrick Tiernan. Patrick Tiernan, of course, was the uh, the fellow that fell over just short short of the line there in the ten thousand meters a couple of nights ago. So. I uh, haven't heard um, an update on how he's going, but let's let's hope he's pulled up fine after that and he's ready for a big shift in the 5K tomorrow night. Uh, and then we're on to one of my favourite uh, favorite events of the uh, Olympic program, the uh, synchronised swimming. So, Al, what do you think of that? Yeah, so we've got a pairing in the, um, the women's duet tomorrow night in the preliminary rounds. We've got Emily Rogers and Amy Thompson in action there. So... If athletics or hockey isn't your go, then uh, check out the 7 Plus app um, and tune into the artistic swimming, as I believe it's now called, um, in what is sure to be some must-watch television on a, on a primetime Tuesday night. Um, moving through, it's quite a big night for our teams tomorrow. We've got the women's water polo. So they're actually in, a, in action against the Russian Olympic Committee in their quarterfinal. Um, typically quite strong, the Eastern European countries. So... Might be a big ask for our girls, but they've come through in flying colours so far, coming second in their group and just dropping the one game to quite a dominant Spanish team. So anything can happen there. We've already played a couple of other uh, European sides in the Dutch as well and came out over the top of them. But um, yeah, it's certainly be a tough game as we look to emulate our Stingers gold in Sydney in 2000. Um, And then last but not least, I'll be staying up for this one, no doubt. We've got the Boomers backing up. Uh, back in action in their quarterfinal against the Argentinians. Um, we've spoken at length about the Boomers and how impressive they've been thus far. Obviously, losing Bainsey is not great, but Paddy Mills just continues to put the boys on his back and Bainsey's replacements, big men, have stepped up as well. So the Argentinians are actually led by a 42-year-old Louis Scholar, an NBA veteran. Um, so thankfully, there's no more Manu Ginobili in that team, um, but... Assuming we get through them, which I have no doubts that we will, we've actually got a likely matchup against the USA in the semi-final. So hopefully the boys can uh, can put that to the back of their minds and just focus on the job at hands against the RGs tomorrow. Um, 
in what is sure to be a thrilling encounter. Ollie, have you got anything to add about the Boomers? No, I'm really looking forward to that one. It's a massive night tomorrow. Um, it's a bit of a slow day, so Australia's workplaces will probably be happy, but things really ramp up from about 6 o'clock onwards. So clear your schedules, listeners. It's going to be a cracker. Absolutely. Um, and then that brings us to a wrap uh, in terms of tomorrow's preview. Um, but we've actually obviously got the multi-segment to go through as well. So today's multi didn't start very well. We had the, uh, the long jumper from Cuba off first. One, um, Miguel Echevarria. Uh, he was a $2 favourite. And Tommy selected him, of course, our track and field expert. Um, going through the final, it looked like he had it all sewn up and then decided that he thought he'd already won. Um, so decided not to jump on a couple of his a few of his last um, opportunities to, and was actually taken over um, by the Greek man, the Greek long jumper um, who pipped him on a count back, I believe. So what happened there, Tommy? You've let us down again. Oh, man, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was absolutely fuming. His third jump, he's, uh, he's absolutely smashed it out of the park. He's about 20 centimetres ahead of the next best. He's a compatriot, compatriot. Um, the Cuban, who was, I think, exactly 20, 20 centimetres shorter, short of his mark. Um, but yeah, after his third, he decided not to do the fourth or the fifth, which actually had no effect on the on the rankings until the sixth jump when the Greek fella, he ended up jumping exactly the same. I think it was 841. Um, Very uh, last jump of the day. On, on the last, well, and then the, if, like the Cuban guy, Juan Miguel Echevarria, he actually had one more, attempt to try and beat him or even jump i think he had to jump further than eight meters 15 so then he would win on the count back he kind of sauntered down the uh the runway and then just fouled it i think he was pretty content with taking the silver well i think he was pretty certain he was going to win gold then when he saw the greek guy go he was like okay i'm just going to take silver little did he know we had he had all our uh loyal listeners money on the line which is now with the bookie so Juan Miguel you're lucky you live in a very closed off country otherwise I'll be coming for you <laughs> absolutely and then um, given that one lost um, and I don't like to deal in what ifs or hypotheticals so we're not going to worry about going through the rest <laughs> of the legs from there um, but in better news tomorrow is a new day and it brings new punting opportunities so for tonight's multi we've actually had a a listener send in a leg recommend you to do so again today for uh, Wednesday's Olympic action. If you would like to be featured on the number 34 news podcast in Australia. Um, so I'll be kicking us off tonight. Um, so Tuesday night, we've got the men's 800 meter final. We've got the great man, Peter Bowl. He continues to, to run some really hot time. So uh, sports bets got him $2 to win a medal. So I think that's a really good price. And uh, fingers crossed it's a gold, but any medal will will do in this scenario. And then we over to you, Ollie. What have you got for the listeners? I've gone uh, the Kookaburras head-to-head against the Germans, mate. So I've, I've got them at um, $1.45 on Sportsbet. And I think that's a good one that everyone can cheer home. So um, get around that. Tommy, what are you, what are you feeling? Well, I've actually gone, um, I've gone for the, the gymnastics. I've gone Daiki Hashimoto from Japan in the horizontal bar final tomorrow night at $2. He was the gold medalist in the men's all-round event and a silver medalist in the team event for Japan already at the Olympics. <clears throat> the uh, horizontal bar is his favoured uh, apparatus, that and the 
pommel horse uh, and he's looking really good to take gold here. So I'm going to back uh, Daiki in his home uh, Olympics at $2. Outstanding. And the, the Japanese have been doing really well as we uh, typically see the host nations um, pull out a big game. So um, wouldn't it be great to see him get the chocolates there if the great man Tyson Bull can't do it. Um, in terms of our listeners leg, as we're now calling it, uh, we had the great man George Kukoulis coming off the back of the, the Greek winning the long jump final today. So he's fully invested in the Olympics. Um, and he's actually uh, decided to channel his Aussie, not his Greekness, um, tomorrow. So he's taken the Aussie water polo girls at $1.81 head-to-head over the, uh, the the Russian Olympic Committee in the quarterfinals. So fingers crossed that that, that one comes through as well. And so if you put all those four into a multi, that'll give you a total of $10.50. And I'm sure you've got a couple of odds boosts in your account to, to ramp it up even further. All right, gentlemen, I believe that's all we have for today's episode. Oliver Sun, great to see you again. Thank you, Alex Sun. I hope you, hope you have a great day tomorrow. Looking forward to it. And uh, Tommy, great to see you as well. Hope you have a ripping day tomorrow and uh, can fill us in with everything from the track again tomorrow. Thanks, Al. What a night tomorrow night's going to be. Absolutely. And then just lastly, for all our listeners, we've had a bit of a quieter day on the on the questions front. And the obviously, we're now trying to get the multi-legs in as well. So don't forget to email your questions or your multi-tips to auslympics at gmail.com or hit us up on our Instagram, which is tokyoz.2020 or our Twitter handle, which is tokyoz2020. So it's the same as the Instagram without the dot. Um, but yeah, that's it. I hope you have a great day tomorrow and uh, we'll be back with you on Wednesday morning for more from uh, Australia's favourite Olympic podcast.